Hi everyone, this is Andrea Orsak, and you're listening to CoCast, Creating the Future Together podcast. Our today's guest is Goshari Flick, who had a very interesting career working for a large corporation, then switching to not-for-profit sector, and recently coming back from her adventures volunteering in Bahamas. She's also the ex-coordinating ambassador at One Young World and a member of Global Shapers community initiated by World Economic Farm. Welcome, Gosha. It's so nice to be here and thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, pleasure that you could join us after all those adventures that you had in the past half a year. So really curious, where are you now and how are you doing? Uh, currently I'm in Poland, uh, in Gdynia, which is at the seaside. Um, normally I'm based in Warsaw, but I decided to be here uh, for the times of isolation and mm-hmm. physical distancing. Um, but for the past few months, uh, I went. Uh, I, I visited a few other places. Uh, so in December, um, I decided to quit my job. At the time, I was working for UNICEF, and I decided to quit my job and start traveling and volunteering. Uh, so I went to the Bahamas uh, for um, a Hurricane Dorian disaster um, recovery program. And then I have traveled a bit in Central America. But obviously due to coronavirus, I had to uh, go back to Poland. Actually, I decided to go back. I didn't have to, but I made that decision. Uh, given all of the implications of the coronavirus, I just knew that I want to be at home at the time. So I'm here in Poland right now. And the funny thing is that I am unemployed, (laughs) Uh, but still I kind of try to um, make the most out of this situation. I'm not looking for a job right now. I'm working on several projects uh, related to climate action, but also to the political situation in Poland right now. And I'm really enjoying this time. I'm just, uh, I'm actually surprised uh, by how happy I am right now. I have all of the time in the world to to read, to learn, uh, to um, reconnect with my friends, uh, to take care of my mental health and physical health. I just really try to, you know, make that decision that even though obviously I am anxious a bit, I don't know what the future holds. I really want to make the most out of this situation. So, so I'm really happy. I'm so happy to hear that you're happy and uh, what an adventure those past months have been for you. And also, you just mentioned that despite the situation you're finding yourself in, you feel really relaxed and uh, you feel really positive. I just really wonder how come you're having this attitude in these turbulent times? Um, uh, I think that... hmm. Uh, well, my life changed dramatically compared to uh, to my life just a few months ago when I was really busy. I was working for UNICEF, uh, you know, for a few hours per day. Then I was working on various the various additional projects I was part of, uh, meeting with my friends. So I was starting my day at 8 a.m. and finishing it at 10 or 11 p.m. Uh, so I was really busy. But now, uh, due to also thanks to traveling, I really changed the pace of my life. And I think that this is something I really value. Uh, I could just stop and think about things, you know, instead of rushing and being engaged in so many things uh, and always having a busy mind, I just really, you know, started thinking about things differently and just taking the time to unwind and to be in the moment 
I think it really helped me a lot. Uh, and so, so that's something that um, the traveling I did uh, really taught me in the past few months. Also, I tried to, um, you know, like start yoga practices, meditation. This also helps. Uh, but I think it's what uh, you asked about my attitude and what um, what makes me, you know, like have that attitude. I think it's just my just the person I am, I guess, um, because I really believe that um, obviously we have different emotions, uh, but we are not we don't not choose them but we choose how we respond to them. And I think this is key. Uh, and I really tried to have that attitude in my life, um, which was not always the case, by the way. Uh, I tend to be, uh, I tended to be a very emotional person in the past, but I think that for the past few years, I really realized that I'm not my emotions, but I have all, you know, the choice to act upon them in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't have to be overwhelmed by the emotions, even if they're negative, like, you know, like the fear and anxiety that many people are going through right now. Uh, I think it's really key to decide how do we want to act in this situation. And that's why I choose to, um, to focus on what opportunity this situation is giving me rather than being mad and, you know, frustrated at why this is happening, you know, and coming up with some conspiracy theories. Why is this happening? No, I just decided to really take what I can from this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's the, the really interesting quote I read uh, some time ago is that if you cannot go outside, go inside. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting because it's very true. And that's exactly what I did. And I see many people doing mm -hmm. is that if you cannot do all of the things you are used to do, uh, just try to think about it, you know, think about what this whole situation is doing to you and mm -hmm. how it does make you feel. Uh, and then decide, you know, what can you do with it? Mm. So that's the attitude. I really like when you said that we're not our emotions and we don't choose our emotions, but we're indeed uh, the reaction we choose to those emotions because that's where we have the choice and it's really up to us. Uh, and indeed, uh, in the current situation, we're finding ourselves, which is absolutely unprecedented. Uh, of course, there is a lot of uh, negative developments going on in the field of business uh, and also there is a lot of uh, huge question marks around what's going to happen with the societies what's going to happen with many people who are losing jobs and who can't be with their families what is currently the situation in poland oh the situation in poland is uh, really interesting because um We're actually going through a bit of a crisis, a political crisis right now. We were supposed to hold elections two days ago, which did not happen. Uh, many of the decisions were unconstitutional. So there's a lot of uh, political uh, unrest, I would say, in Poland. Uh, so we're in a bit of a tricky situation. Fortunately, uh, which was also the case of 2008 crisis, uh, when it comes to economic terms, we're actually not that bad so i'd say that compared to the rest of the european union we're not going to be hit as hard as the rest of the countries um 
I think that the, the current forecast is about minus 4.5% of GDP for this year. So it's not as bad as other countries, but obviously we're, we live in an interconnected world, so it's going to have an impact on people, but I think it's not going to be as bad as some countries might expect. Uh, so so I would say that the, the situation is quite tricky because economically, it might not be uh, as uh, as pessimistic as we would we would think, but when it comes to political terms, uh, it's um, it's pretty pretty difficult, I would say, for for many people who live in Poland and who are um, actually worried about what's happening. And uh, I see that this is not just case for Poland, as any crisis, uh, this Corona situation we're having right now, it can be also used as a tool to um, for the uh, ruling parties to uh, impose some new regulations, usually not democratic ones. So mm-hmm. it's it's quite tricky, I would say. That does sound worrying. And I know that you're also a member of the Global Shapers uh, that's aligned to the World Economic Forum of the Young Leaders and Changemakers in Poland. And I understood uh, that you were having quite some nice webinars yesterday. How is the Global Shapers community perceiving everything that's happening around um, so the, the Global Shapers is a World Economic Forum initiative and we have one hub in, in Poland. This is a hub based in Warsaw. Uh, we have a fantastic group of people uh, with uh, different experiences, uh, different stories, uh, but I think that it's just a wonderful group, group of people working towards, uh, you know, positive change uh, and mostly on in working on innovation, which is very exciting. And so we try to focus on how uh, through innovation, through technology, can we uh, make the world a better place. Uh, so uh, currently we are running uh, a few uh, projects, for example, um, an initiative oriented at a green tech in Poland, uh, which is called Tech Action for Climate. So this is really exciting. We are looking into how can we use technology to reduce the negative uh, climate or environmental impact of, uh, of human activity. Uh, and uh, so we're running uh, different webinars. We are also working on a report about green tech uh, in Poland. So this is all very exciting stuff. Uh, also, as Global Shapers, we participate in um, in uh, webinars organized by Global Shapers community globally. So, for example, yesterday, uh, the, the webinar you have mentioned uh, was with uh, the executive director of Greenpeace, and we were actually discussing how this crisis will help us um, shift the world into a more sustainable one. Uh, so we were looking into how can we act upon it? How, what can we learn from this, uh, this crisis? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, you know, in order to avoid uh, or just reduce the negative impact of the crisis of the climate crisis that is inevitably going to come. Uh, so this was very interesting to learn uh, what are other people's opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we seem to be all in the same boat. What were the outcomes? What conclusions you as a group came up with? What can you do? Uh, so I think that the key um, key learnings were to really focus on what can you do as an individual. Uh, I know it sounds trivial, but this is where you can actually have control. Uh, so uh, we were talking about how should we get out of our bubbles, because obviously due to the media landscape, uh, basically the way things are, we are 
closed in our own bubbles. Obviously, it's very comfortable to be surrounded by people who have the same opinions as you do. But the tricky part is to actually get out of that bubble and talk with people who are who might have different opinions uh, and uh, and be open about it. And you know, don't be afraid of talking to someone that has different opinions. Just try to uh, show them your perspective. Uh, and uh, we were actually talking about even you know just talking to your neighbor and trying to think what can you do uh, together in order to uh, address this uh, this climate uh, crisis that we're heading to. So that was very interesting. Obviously, we had some high more, more high level solutions presented, but not all of us can actually reach that high level right now because we are young. We don't have those positions yet, but we're looking into how can we. Um, pressure the governments, how can we pressure international organizations to act upon it? And at this very, you know, grassroots uh, level, grassroots movement level, uh, what can we do? So we can just organize and pressure those, you know, higher level organizations to, to act upon it. Yeah, sounds like a very important piece of work. And indeed, I really like when you called it a grassroots movement, really mm -hmm. starting from yourself, from com from your community you're finding yourself in and really taking it forward from there. Because uh, exactly as you mentioned, that's the environment you can actually control. This is exactly where you can really contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I believe in, and and that's why uh, we, for example, we decided that uh, as global shapers, we want to look into how can we foster innovation and technology development uh, in the uh, in the area of green tech. Mm -hmm. So obviously, we don't we don't have that much of expertise, but we want to have our say in this uh, in this area. So that's why we have set up a new initiative, uh, the one I mentioned called Tech Action for Climate, and we are going to look into what are the tools we can use? How can we foster that innovation? So it's really exciting to just uh, think that even if you don't have the expertise, even if you don't know everything about the certain topic, you can still, you know, try to uh, to participate in that, to, to learn more, to start, even if you don't have all of the information you need at the moment, but just develop it and take the small steps and see where it leads you. So I think it's very exciting to to actually take things in your own hands and take responsibility for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, obviously, it's a community of so many change makers and people who have all the different experience from all the different fields and uh, being quite outspoken and smart people, generally speaking. That's why you're a part of that. Mm -hmm. So I, I can imagine that that does sound like a good idea and your voice needs to be heard. Yeah, exactly. Now, talking about COVID-19 crisis, um, there was another crisis that you mentioned uh, when you started volunteering. It was in Bahamas and you were a part of a disaster recovery program there. What was the disaster that happened there? And can you tell us a little bit uh, about your experience? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, uh, as I said, at some point I decided that I really would love to um, volunteer. And uh, when working at UNICEF, I have heard about two uh, hurricanes, the biggest natural disasters that have hit la um, uh, both the Bahamas and Mozambique last year. That was the Hurricane Idai and Hurricane Dorian. 
And this is something I have heard about when working at UNICEF. And then I have uh, contacted an organization that uh, has actually organized um, those recovery programs for volunteers. Uh, and I decided that I would like to participate in, in one of them. I chose the Bahamas and then... Um, you know, this was the opportunity for me to then travel uh, through Central America. Uh, so I decided to, to go to the Bahamas. Obviously, this is not the first place. When you think about volunteering, this is not the first place that comes to your mind because you think about, you know, paradise and the, you know, white sand, uh, turquoise water. Absolutely. You don't really think that, you know, something uh, something awful could happen there. But Hurricane mm -hmm. uh, Dorian has impacted thousands of lives uh the uh, really it, it was a i think second biggest natural disaster in in the region uh second biggest hurricane that has hit this uh, this region so i think that uh, you know even if we don't really think that this is an area that might need the help then it turns out it definitely needs it because when I arrived to the Bahamas, I just couldn't really believe my own eyes. Uh, I felt as if I wasn't in a game because the landscape around me was completely destroyed. Like I, I would see buildings completely destroyed, breaking down, uh, boats being, you know, like fit into buildings because they were hit with such a strength that they would we just, you know, just stay in a building or being upside down. Uh, I would see, uh, you know, like steel containers being just smashed like a, like a can of Coca-Cola, you know. Wow. But this is something that I would only see in, in video games or in movies. But at the time, I would actually see it with my own eyes. So that was something that has um, really opened my perspective into thinking that, there are really people that I could see that I could, you know, shake my hand with who are actually experiencing something that I saw only in movies. And, and I remember that that was a really tremendous, it had a tremendous impact on me to see, uh, to see such uh, destruction that is, uh, that has uh, taken place. And, uh, but then what was also amazing was to see how many people are willing to help, you know, mm -hmm. to sacrifice their own time. Um, sometimes, you know, coming from, you know, all over the world yeah. just to help people in need. And that was uh, very lifting to see, you know, how many people are willing to help and uh, how emotionally engaged they are in this work, uh, how much they really want to help. Uh, so, so that was really, uh, really lovely to see, you know, just to see the change actually happening. So we were actually rebuilding schools, rebuilding private uh, homes, um, doing mold sanitation, really nasty stuff, mm -hmm. but we could actually see the progress of our work, which was also very exciting. How is it for you jumping from corporate, because before UNICEF, you worked for a really large one, then like working for organizations such as UNICEF, and then literally getting your hands dirty on the ground. How was that experience for you? Uh, well, that, that is such an interesting journey, I think because I was working for uh, Unilever before, uh, a big company where 
obviously we had the sustainability aspect to it, which was which was why I chose the the company. Uh, but obviously, this is a corporation; it's a business, uh, for profit business. So that was the um, so so the sustainability aspect obviously is embedded in the strategy, but it's not the the key focus for a business. And uh, it was interesting for me to actually start that journey from Unilever, where I learned about Unilever Sustainable Living Plan, so how can we embed sustainability into uh, business strategy, to actually go to One Young World, thanks to Unilever Scholarship. Uh, at One Young World, I have learned about so many other change makers from all over the world. And it was also a platform through which I have met you. So that is really, you know, th that was a life-changing experience for me. And then I decided to see things from a different perspective. And that's why I decided to join a non-governmental organization, UNICEF. Uh, and uh, this has already changed me because obviously I was working in a business fundraising capacity. So I was still having some uh, contact with the business world, but I was already working for an organization that has different goals, uh, that has very you know social goals, social impact goals, which was very exciting for me. And that's why this, that's why I felt that I'm thriving there because. It was uh, the goals of that organization were even more aligned with my personal goals. Uh, and then I took another step where I actually went um, to the field and I actually worked with my own hands, mm -hmm. which was even better because for the past few years, I was working for organizations where I would usually sit in the meetings, in the office, um, you know, browse through different documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, and I would see things changing but these were just you know like numbers the, the, all of that was very virtual um but when working in a in a volunteering program i could actually see the change happening i would actually see how my hands you know literally change uh, change things so that was very exciting for me to see the uh, the output you know just to see it every single day you know we would go to one side uh, work on that side work on a private home and then uh, we would co go back there another day or two days later and mm -hmm. see the program so I think that that was the most exciting aspect of it and to really be close with people that we were helping mm -hmm. uh, so that was that was really great for me and and I really enjoyed it what a fascinating journey. And also, we're talking a lot about uh, the need for resilience nowadays in the current crisis. And hearing your story and being actually in Bahamas, directly being busy with the disaster recovery program of a large hurricane that had happened here, sounds like you were literally building your resilience already while being there. You pretty much like came from uh, one disaster that happened where you got a chance to be a part of the solution to another one. And uh, yeah, can you maybe reflect a little bit uh, for us also, where do you see resilience going forward, generally speaking? What's the future? I think it's one of the most important things uh the, the most important things to have is, is resilience right now because we live in such a difficult world right now that I think it's one of the key things you can learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that what helped me to develop it, obviously I'm not, I'm super far from perfect, uh, but I think that what helped me to, uh, to understand it better was to see people who are actually 
in a difficult situation, way more difficult than I ever was. Uh, so starting from helping children uh, through UNICEF, uh, I have heard so many stories of children all over the world, millions of children who are in such a difficult situation and without many, you know, like prospects for future and uh, living in poverty, not not even being sure if they're going to eat and you know and for the next day i think that it really gave me the perspective to see that this is you know like the 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 problems we have in the in, in europe for example are relatively small compared to the problems of other people uh, and so many people, millions, millions of people across the world, and I think that gaining that perspective has helped me a lot to to actually develop that resilience. Uh, and later on, when I was in the Bahamas, uh, I think that it also taught me that when you're in a community with other people who have similar values as you do and believe in the same things that you, that you do, uh, change is possible, and you can help. You know, by just by being together and uh, and just deciding that, okay, we're going to do something about it. And that was, you know, such a heart-lifting experience to see that there are so many people like this. You just have to know where to look, you know, for such people. Mm -hmm. But then when you connect with them, the world is, the world seems much easier because you always have some other people to, you know, to connect with, to share your emotions. Obviously, it was not easy for us to be there in the Bahamas and to see all of the destruction because um, obviously it's very difficult. But then we have each other, you know, we had each other as, as a team, uh, as a volunteering team, we had each other so we could listen to our uh, ourselves share our emotions and that was I think that was key so I think what I would say is, is important about resilience is to be really open about your emotions and you know sharing them with other people and also uh, being of help to others so being able to hear them out and and just be with them in the moment uh, because we're going to deal with this we have we have dealt with so many bigger problems uh, in our history as human civilization. I think we're going to go through it. Uh, we just have to be there for each other, I think. Thank you so much for walking us through your absolutely fascinating, interesting journey. It's it's really like uh, happening all over the world, corporate, uh, non-governmental organization, volunteering, being back home, figuring out how to deal with the situation. It's really great to see that uh, your mindset remains positive. I'm very happy that you were able to build this resilience for yourself and now you're able to share it with the others. I, I think what you said is uh, really so important for all of us to hear. We need to learn how to deal with our emotions. And also sometimes when we feel a little bit anxious, just maybe gain a little bit different perspective. So mm -hmm. I want to say a big thank you for everything you were sharing with us. A very personal, deep story. And uh, I wish you absolute best with all those amazing initiatives going forward with the Global Shapers and also all those initiatives that you started with your community. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>